0: Hello, friend. Thank you so much for listening. I know for many of you, this is the last day of the week for this broadcast that you'll listen to. There are some of you as well, depending on when you happen to listen, that this is also the last day of the year. And to you, I say, Happy New Year. I hope you had a great Christmas with your family. I hope the holiday season has treated you well. I hope. Your waistline has not expanded too drastically. It's difficult, isn't it? All those cheesecakes and pumpkin pies and the leftovers. Oh my, I, lo- I love leftovers. I don't know about you. I don't know. Maybe you're still working on some some Christmas ham. Even now for, for lunch, you took it with you to work. I don't know. Regardless, though, Happy New Year to you, your family, and thank you so much for listening today. I have a charge for you. I have something I'd like to convey here the last day of the week and also the last day of the year for some. Could I encourage you? Get off the hamster wheel. Stop being content with the status quo Let's do more for God in this year than we've ever done before. Let me encourage you. Let me implore you, get off the hamster wheel. On Monday, we talked about that concept. We talked about how maybe we've been content with the way things are. We've darkened the door of our church 50, 100. Maybe for some, if you go to church multiple times a week, maybe 150 times this year. And maybe it's all been with the same attitude, the same bless me if you can spirit. That's not how we should go to church. We know that. Maybe we've been derelict in our duties. Maybe we have much to make up for in this coming year. Let's get off the hamster wheel. We also, through the bulk of this week, talked about the why. Why should we? We talked about our conversion, our condemnation that we were under, the commission that we have, the combat, our commander. And the compensation, the fact that heaven is our eternal home if we've accepted Christ. Of course, let me mention here, last day of the year, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, if you would not be able to call yourself a Christian, a follower of Christ, if you don't know him as your Lord, if you don't know him as your King, if you don't know him as your Savior, I'd love to contact you. I'd love for you to contact me. I would love for you to text me. If you have questions, maybe you have a comment, maybe, just maybe, you have a criticism or a concern, maybe there's something I need to change and this is your opportunity. Well, if so, feel free to contact me. If you have a question about eternity, though, I would love to hear from you. You can text me. I'll give you my phone number right now. Text me 309-316-7240. 309 that's the area code 309 316 7240 now i am planning on next week getting into some of our gospel tracks in a greater way and talking about how you can use them but this week at the remainder with the remainder that we have just these next few moments let's talk about how how can we get off the hamster wheel? How can we actually see real change? Well, 1 Samuel chapter number 1 and verse number 8, we read a little bit yesterday, but let's jump back in there. 1 Samuel 1.8 says, Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Elkanah is asking his wife, why is it that you're so bothered? He finishes off that verse by saying, Am not I better to thee than ten sons? is bothered by the fact that Hannah is bothered. Hannah has not been able to have any children. It's not for, for want of, of, of the family situation. It's not for any fears about bringing a child into the world. It's not for any of those things. It's not because she doesn't desire a child. It's because God has not opened her womb and she's not able to. She's not quite content. Now, I mentioned yesterday we must be careful about this idea of contentment, but I believe that there may be, even in your heart right now, a God-given desire for something more. I'm not talking about a fancier car, a bigger house, a yacht, or a plane. I'm talking about something more as it pertains to the things of God. You want to see God do a great work in your life. Maybe this is the year for it. Here's the how. First, We must seek him. We must seek. Look, if you would, at verse number nine, right after verse eight there. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli, the priest, sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. She goes to the right source. She doesn't, and please understand what I'm saying, she doesn't go to her her friends and post on her Facebook wall or or post on Twitter or send a letter out or, or an email. No, no. She goes to God, the one who can actually solve the problem. But I want you to notice how she sought God. She sought God in desperate sorrow. May I be very careful in how I ask this, but may it be blunt as well. When was the last time you actually sought God? I'm not talking about the last time you prayed over your food as a family. Dear God, bless this food. Uh, Help us have a great day today. Thank you so much for all you've done for us. In Jesus name, amen. Oh, how flippant we are sometimes approaching the throne of grace and we don't realize it, or should I say, we don't reverence it. She sought God in desperate sorrow. She sought God from the depths of her soul. She was in bitterness of soul. That doesn't mean she was bitter at God, but her soul, she couldn't seem to find peace and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. Can I ask you, how often do you seek God in a meaningful way? Maybe, just maybe the reason you haven't found him is because you're not looking for him. How about this? She was willing to, and she did, sacrifice. There's a couple things she sacrificed, though. We're talking about how to get off the hamster wheel. We've got to seek God, and we've explained how to do that. But verse 11, she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then, and notice the gravity of what she offers God, Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass, as she continued praying before the Lord, that Eli marked her mouth. Now pause there for just a moment. Realize what she told God in verse 11. She was willing to sacrifice by delivering her son back to God. She follows through on that, by the way. To skip to the end of the story, God gives her a son. And in verse number 24, when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young and they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood before thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed. And the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. She made a sacrifice. When you go to God for something, I'm not talking again about the flippant things. I'm talking about you want to get off the hamster wheel of life and you want things to be different. Nothing between my soul and the Savior. You want lasting change. Well, friend, you must be willing to sacrifice. Hannah was willing to sacrifice in delivering her son back to God. She was also willing to sacrifice her dignity and self. Verse number 12 says, And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now, Hannah, she spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved. She was basically talking, but no sound was coming out. Her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. Eli, the priest, sees this woman praying and thinks that she's drunk. She's there bowed down. Of course, her body posture is such that she's bent over and she's beseeching God. And Eli thinks that she's just beside herself with a little bit of alcohol. Eli said unto her, verse 14, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Sometimes getting a hold of God and getting off the hamster wheel might require that you sacrifice a little bit of your dignity and a little bit of yourself. I don't know if your church still has altar calls. When I say still, there are many churches that have gone away from that. I'm not necessarily going to speak for or against it at this point. But I will say something, I guess, if in the for column, in the pro column, that there is something about being willing to, much as we see here in a biblical manner, seeing something, someone, and more importantly, being someone, that's willing to go down and not make a fool of yourself. I'm not asking you to roll in the aisles or yell and scream and carry on just for the for the show of it. I'm saying be so caught up with wanting to get a hold of God that you don't care what people think. That's where Hannah was, and she got what she wanted. Very quickly, how do you get off the hamster wheel? Well, We need to give the prognosis, the diagnosis, the the way back for the nation of Israel. Remember in chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says there was no open vision. People weren't hearing from God. Well, because of Hannah's sacrifice and her seeking God, Samuel begins to serve him. Who is him? Who does Samuel serve? He serves God, and he serves his or God's desires solely. He serves God and God alone. And lastly, this, he, Samuel, didn't surrender. Meaning, there was a time in his life, and I'll let you read it if you'd like, in chapter 2, and specifically in verse 15 or so. Samuel is given an opportunity by God to carry what many would consider is a bad report. Eli needs to find out about some judgment that's coming to his family, and Samuel, a young boy, is tasked with carrying that. And what does he do? He stands up straight with steel in his spine and says exactly what God told him to say. Why is it that God brought the nation of Israel back to his, if you want to call it this, his good graces? Well, because a man called Samuel came onto the scene. He started as a young boy, given up by his mother to the cause of God, And a nation got off the hamster wheel. We close out a year today. Would you, my friend, get off the hamster wheel? Would you live this next year as we should live all years for his glory? Have a great day. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracts Incorporated.